here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, I'm Arnold Furious. With me is Ollie Kors. Hey there, Arnold. Uh, hey, um, I missed the last one and I tried to listen to it, but I got about 10 minutes in. Uh, I know I've <laughs> really had like a, a shitty, terrible week, so I didn't actually mm. get to listen to it. But um, <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of wrestling. There's been a lot of wrestling. We had our own mini WrestleMania weekend in Britain over Easter, and we're going to talk about it today. Yeah, well, uh, the one show that we have both seen like in its entirety is uh, epic encounter in fact i think we both reviewed it so that's that's something um i thought this was a really strong show it it had some really strong moments and also some weak ones i felt um kind of a mixed bag um maybe lacking that consistent quality of past your core shows but the highs were still uh pretty high yeah i think um I, i usually get really geared up for a show if like the opening match is really strong and I thought, um, like, CCK against Sammy Callahan and Martin Stone was, like, one of the best openers I've seen from, from Rev Pro in a long time. Definitely. CCK have added just so much juice to, like, at least the native portion of the Rev Pro roster. Um, and, like, that undercard, all of the Orkle shows, um, the tag team matches this year are going to be just that little bit more interesting with CCK as champions. They've been built up so strongly on the cockpit shows now. Um, people are buying into them, and it's it's great to see Brooks and Banks on this big stage succeeding so highly. Yeah, the um, Travis Banks uh, was in another tag match against Sammy Callahan uh, WrestleMania weekend uh, yeah. <laughs> with South Pacific Power Trio against uh, JML, and in that match, a lot of the same spots cropped up that came in this one. This was a similar match, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so watching them close together, it was like, yeah, that looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was still good. It, they obviously did a lot of stuff that they liked and thought would work elsewhere, and uh, kind of repositioned it into into this match. But um, I I certainly think it's the best I've seen from from Martin Stone uh, since he uh, returned to Rev Pro. Um, I thought it was a really good match for him, for a good uh, match to establish CCK, and it was a good match to start the show with. Definitely, like, CCK just have that little bit of extra edge that a lot of um, the native guys in RevPro don't really have. Uh, I saw two crowd signs for CCK, and you, you very rarely see crowd signs at an indie a show at all, for good reason. <laughs> well, I think it was, like, a kid who had it, but, um, like, it shows that they, they are popular already. That's very strange to me. Very weird. It um, is. It is. Ve- it is very strange, but it it does. It's sort of like a a proof of that they are over. Um, they did a, a bit of an angle after the the match as well with the uh, Martin Stone uh, turned on immediately by Sammy Callan, which mm-hmm. um, it, I guess that kind of makes him sting for for trusting somebody of Callahan's ilk. It was a pretty good angle. Um, me and Rob, who were standing next to each other at the show, were a little bit worried that they were doing angles this early in the show because the show started 45 minutes late and we were both sort of keen for them to hurry it up a little bit. And <laughs> We weren't too happy that the first two matches went almost a combined half an hour. Um, 
and obviously I, I later on in the show, other it, matches. It kind of made sense because, uh, like Sammy's reasoning being that he he quit the WWE because he thought he was getting nowhere, whereas Martin Stone kept plugging away and plugging away until he he just got let go, and he resented mm-hmm. him for it. Which uh, oh yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a strong angle. Um, and the YouTube video they shot afterwards of Stone. Uh, Firing back at Callahan uh, from backstage was good as well, so that'll be an interesting program for them to head to the next York Hall show with, presumably. Cool. Look forward to it. Um, second match was uh, Jay White versus Angelico. Um, I've, I've been saying about uh, Jay had that he his character is just that he's he's a wrestler. He likes wrestling. Yeah. He can't cut promos <laughs> or anything. He, he's very green in that respect. And while he's learned. Um, a lot about the business from being in the New Japan Dojo. It's all been centered on his in-ring. So he still wrestles like a young lion. Um, yeah, we we definitely noticed that um, White was not exactly over with the crowd, and then Angelico doing technical spots rather than crazy dives uh, was perhaps not as he was advertised. So this match really didn't fire with the crowd at all. Yeah, it felt kind of flat, I thought. Um, yeah, and that's a two in a row for Jay White in terms of flat matches, but just the crowd didn't get into. And you can't can you can you blame the crowd to a certain extent? It's, but it's not like, so much. There's a common denominator so much, there. It's not him so much, uh, or the the wrestling. It's just that he needs to have more of a personality, and I'm not sure he has one. Yeah, and a reason for being there as well, other than just having exhibition matches. Like I, he needs a a feud or at least just some he needs to face off against a guy like I don't know, maybe a Marty Skrull who like has a purpose for being there just injects some personality and some ma- into his matches. Yeah, he needs to find more of a gimmick. I know he's trying to work towards that but he still wrestles like yeah. he's he's just not important. Yeah, um, yeah. And he is very good. Like technically he's he's excellent. He was technically excellent when he was wrestling these opening matches in for New Japan but That'll only take you so far in, in wrestling nowadays, or, or ever, really. It's like you, you need a hook. If you haven't got that hook, then people are not going to get invested in you as a as a character. And like, what is what is different about Jay White that nobody else has? Yeah, definitely kind of um, <laughs> a disappointing match uh, early on in the show. Um, may have been better if it was just like a quicker sprint, but... They kind of went out there and died a death a little bit, I felt. A little bit, yeah. Um, although I didn't think that was quite as bad as um, the Zach Gibson-Hiroki Goto match that went on third. I know I said that I thought this was a really good show, but this match was just... Uh, oh, I, I quite liked it live. Um, what what didn't you like about it? Um, Goto didn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Gibson tried, tried really hard all the way through, uh, drew a lot of heat did what he did to, to the best of his abilities but I don't know Goto just coasted through it It was, I think he just felt like oh I'm third on the card I don't have to do anything which is basically what would happen if it was on a New Japan card if you're on third mm. you don't have to do anything it's literally it just... was a little bit Goto on autopilot um, I think maybe the live perspective helped a little bit here seeing Goto live for the first time popping for all his spots and stuff it definitely got me into the match a little bit more um and like you say gibson was trying very very hard to get lots and lots of reactions and that's what he got yeah i, I wouldn't blame any of this on on gibson i thought he came in looked like a star no. um got himself over uh was was doing basically all the same stuff that he that he got over in progress with and it that seemed to work but um i don't know just goto just didn't seem bothered and why should he be <laughs> He's he's just been put in this spot and gone like, ah, just do whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think we've seen more effort from some of the other New Japan guys who have come over here before. Um, him and Hiromu, I didn't think were <laughs> firing on all cylinders, but I think Goto put in the better performance than Hiromu. Um, in general, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Not really. No, I thought uh, Takahashi put his character across better. Uh, oh yeah, I'm meant just like purely in ring but i think the two are connected though so yeah he, yeah he got himself over by licking skills umbrella and like from that point on people 
were aware what he was about. If you'd never seen Hiromu Takahashi mm-hmm. before, it was like, okay, he's a bit of a weirdo. Whereas Goto, it's like, well, what if you'd never seen Goto before that match, what yeah, impression would you have got coming out of it? You didn't really do anything. I, I guess we should transition straight into Hiromu versus Marty Skull. Um, big character clash, and that was a hell of a lot of fun for the first few minutes of them um, just meeting for the very first time, and it was sort of like one of those dream scenarios, like two guys who are um, just so larger than life, and then meeting for the first time. It was it was pretty special, I would say. Yeah, this is like Andy Q going like, here's two really <laughs> oddball characters. I wonder yeah. what they'd be like together, which um, that's that's how he books sometimes. He's got that um, an eye for uh, clashes of, of personality. I thought it came off a lot better than um, than the the Goto Gibson match, just because it. I think was, I'm just I'm down on this match because there was a, a long stretch of it that was for outside the ring where nothing happened. Like you were sort of waiting for a big spot of like maybe someone diving off the stage, and it just never happened. They just kind of brawled up to the stage and then brawled back to the ring, <laughs> and that was like five minutes, and it was just like, oh, okay. That's that. Yeah, the outside of the ring, that's the point at which it started to drop off a bit. Yeah, because <laughs> the opening few minutes were very hot, and then it kind of went downhill a little bit. They did some very strange things in this match as well. They did the, the arm drop three times spot. <laughs> which, I, I mean, like, yeah. if somebody's unconscious for two seconds, then I would have thought the match was over. So I've never really liked the arm dropping three times thing. And it's like they, they ran that spot, and then... Like like Hiromo, like one of the first things he did after that was hit the finish, <laughs> and then Skull kicks out, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" It was it was an oddly paced match, certainly. But I thought the first five minutes and their interactions and meeting were a lot of fun, like one of the more memorable moments of the show. Yeah, that stuck with me. I think the start of the match stuck with me, and yeah. that's why I rated it as, as highly as I did. But um, yeah, the some of the choices they made during the match were not particularly clever and then we had intermission and rob and i um frantically clock watching and re reorganizing train times and <laughs> this was not a fun live experience i would say this is the problem with them they're always late getting into your call but really late. like the i don't mm. remember the last time they got in anywhere near on time <laughs> There was that time where they basically just eschewed intermission or made it like two minutes, which was quite pleasure, um, quite enjoyable. How, um, how long was this intermission? Was it standard? This was 20? slightly shorter than usual. Like it was a Brit rest five minutes, I would say. <laughs> so like fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> but it it was the show ran about as long as we expected it to. It just started forty minutes late, so it ended forty minutes late. <laughs> Yeah, this is the and then the and then a certain match on the second half did not help matters. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. But yeah. well, I, well, I'm watching it with the benefit of just having seen it on VOD, and yeah. I loved the second half. I thought the second half was really really strong. The um, well, they started off with uh, Bodum and, and Will Ospreay. I thought this was uh, Josh Bodum's best match, like yeah, of his was, career. This was him getting to another level. I think yeah. he kind of proved himself that he's not just here. Because uh, of nepotism or whatever, like he's here because he is very good, <laughs> and he he shows up and he takes risks with his body, like that dive to the outside that he hit on David Starr in Orlando. Yeah. Did it again here to Osprey, and Osprey's performance I thought was really strong here. His selling of the back um, here, was yeah. next level, like bouncing off the ropes. He was like clutching oh, at God, his back. That, I, that was yeah. tremendous. When he when he did that, I was just like, oh, I just don't want to see him do spots <laughs> like that because you know it's going to cut his career short. It, but then he's not very bright. We've said this many times. He's <laughs> not the most intelligent of individuals. So. so both guys really, really went above and beyond to make this match really good. I thought it was a match of the night. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And it puts Bodum over really strong, being able to not cleanly beat Osprey, but sort of was, decisively beat Osprey. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. He might have come in weak, Osprey, but Bodum took advantage of that. And when was the last time Osprey won anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a fine demonstration of like Bodum taking everything that he's learned since he since he started out in Rev Pro uh, mm-hmm. from his increased um, move set uh, to the psychology that he used regarding Will's back, uh, 
and he just took all of that and weaved it together into what I think is is easily his, his best singles match to date. Um, it's it's fantastic news for for Bowden to be able to come out and have that kind of match. I don't know how many people are going to look at it and say that's on Osprey because Osprey's so good, but for me that was like his best performance. Yeah, he he came across really well in this match. Like he's always sort of wrestled this style of like working from on top and being the bully, and it just it meshed so well with what Osprey was trying to achieve as well. And like Osprey being a true underdog in this match, I felt helped. That's his best role, and he hasn't really been in it ever since he became a bigger star and was sort of like in control of most of his matches. Like this was sort of a return to 2015 Osprey when he was facing Sidal and Styles and sort of being the underdog. Yeah, yeah. it worked really, really well. I think Bowden helps because he's he's added a bit of uh, muscle mass, uh, especially upper body. He's been in the, the vanity workouts, and um, like mm-hmm. he, he look he looks tough. I'm not sure if he even qualifies because uh, he's just won the cruiserweight title. I don't even know if he's under the 205 now. He looks quite uh, built. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> he counts as a cruiserweight in universe, so yeah, kind of. Um, so yeah, no, he he did a real good job here, and he kind of—it's always been his attitude, not his ability, that's let him down. And when the match was over, he got into a bit of a tiff with. Um, uh, do you know Akil? Akil Khalid. Oh yeah, we. Uh, this was the glasses incident, yeah, right? He, he threw his glasses into the ring, which <laughs> um, I mean, Akil was uh, is just so nice. So he went in a uh, like spoke to officials and said, "Look, I don't want him to be punished in any way. This, I, I'm fine with what he's done." Mm. But it's notable oh. that it wasn't on the video. Good, good guy, Akil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, he loves Bodum. He thinks he's great. But yeah, I think Bodum just gets really, really into the character. You know, <laughs> yeah, he just has to know there's a line he can't cross. Yeah, I do like him though. I think he's an excellent heel, and I think he's a really good wrestler. Um, yeah, I think you have to occasionally overstep the line just to know where the line is. Otherwise, you're not pushing the line. Yeah, yeah, this is true. But yeah, excellent match though. Like, like I say, best of his. Uh, of his yeah, yeah. Um. Then they put in a breather, uh, which was James Castle and Shah Samuels. I thought this was a really good little sprint. Yeah, I, this was really enjoyable, and especially live, the York Hall really woke up for Shah Samuels. Um, yeah, Shah is a babyface. We've been wanting this, I think, for like it's sort of been bubbling underneath for a bit, and people want to root for the guy because he's likable, and he's like synonymous with the York Hall. He's been off the last couple of shows after some. Uh, disgustingly bad performances yeah. <laughs> in that tag team. I um, really didn't see but this. But this was like. <laughs> did you know? No. <laughs> it felt like that live because everyone was just coming alive for him. That, I don't think that's the way it was booked. Um, it was not the way it was because if you look at the cockpit shows leading up to this, Castle was booked as the face and sort of Samuels as the tormenting bully uh, mentor. Uh, but like the crowd just kind of embraced Samuels here, especially after he did the crazy moonsault to the outside. Yeah, that uh, that definitely woke people up. That, that was just a lunatic spot for a, <laughs> a, a guy of Shah's uh, stature yeah. to be doing, but there you go. Love it, it's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that, that was fine, I was fine with all of that. Um, this is the match coming up next that you weren't keen on, I guess. Uh, mm. Zack Sabre Jr. and Kushida. See, I love like a uh, like a good old fashioned technical match, but I get the feeling this is possibly not the best place to put it with the show <laughs> running late. This was because I watched it in with isolation. the show running late. So I we I, we, we, I we knew it. that we knew that the elite would be hot dogging and grandstanding. Uh, we were well aware of that, so we kind of wanted something a bit quicker and a bit more fun, I guess, at this stage. And this was one you really had to get down into the nitty gritty and pay attention to to really appreciate um I can and see it, it was not the, not the right light. environment at all but uh yeah I, I watched it back I, I did find it exhausting but um I really liked it I thought it was an excellent match mm. I just think at this point in the show you have to adjust to what is happening in the whole show and the fact that it is running late and you may not be able to do 15 minutes of technical build-up. <laughs> you know, you may have to trim five minutes of that or whatever so that people can get home on time and actually enjoy your match rather than 
flick through their phones. Yeah, I actually described the crowd as being a bunch of weirdos for the, the various crowd <laughs> reactions during the match. But uh... Well, this was sort of one of those um, halfway between hardcore and casual crowds uh, that we, we talk about a fair bit now. Um, but this was not the right match for the situation. Like, you, you wouldn't call me and Rob weirdos, would you? <laughs> it depends on the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we weren't really into it. No, um, no I... If uh, been, there were some been moments live, that were fun, but I get the feeling I probably wouldn't have been as, as into it as I was watching it on VOD. But when I watched it on VOD, I thought it was a great match. Mm. I, I did rewatch it back, and it certainly was much better than it was live. But I did feel it was a little too, it was mu- it was a bit too much for the situation. And there was a couple of spots that they like repeated, like a couple of the high spots between the technical stuff, like. Obviously, we all like a good reversal into an armbar spot, but they did that like three times, and it just kind of lost its luster every time they did it. So, even regardless of what was happening around the match in real life, um, it still didn't fire on all cylinders. I would say. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. So, uh, we we've had this conversation uh, before. Um, I don't know yeah. if it's just because I'm older that I can kind of get into a. Uh, like a bit the slower paced stuff and because like, i grew up on like a lot of technical wrestlers so mm. uh, well, I, I mean we 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 had a kushida match like this before in the york call with kyle o'reilly and that one i really loved um i don't know i think there was like an extra 10 minutes on this one and yeah i think saber jr being different the... saber jr <laughs> it didn't quite click especially in the circumstances that's fair but yeah i loved it um Main event was um, the Elite against uh, Leo Rush, Shane Strickland, and, and Ryan Smile. Um, this was kind of the same match that the Elite had in every match they had when they were <laughs> over. They basically came over and wrestled the same match four times, but yeah, the slight differences, I would say, like in terms of spots, yeah, and not, like the not comedy a vast stuff, but difference. But they they kind of ran stuff in the same order, and yeah. I mean, the the ending of this match I really enjoyed, and partly because of the s- circumstances surrounding it, because it was like that sort of three-minute stretch where they kept trying to hit the Meltzer driver, um, and that like the other team just kept on slightly denying them, and they chucked them out of the ring, and it went for it again and again and again. I was like, oh god, are they going to fucking hit it so I can go home? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like perversely enjoyable. So, um, as soon as the Elite obviously are the Elite, um, I think we should talk about the opponents. Yeah. Um, Leo Rush, I thought, was outstanding. Yes. Leo Rush popped off the page yeah. live. <laughs> like, he he definitely was a standout, and I can see him going far. <laughs> like, he's only he's only been wrestling a couple of years, but, like, just the, qui- he, the quickness that he possesses, like, the athletic ability is, like, very few other wrestlers can even match that. Yeah, and he's improving at a hell of a rate. If he wasn't yeah. so incredibly small, I mean, he is tiny, yeah. you'd be thinking he's he's going to be a main event. But the way things are changing, you never know that that might still be the case. I think not far behind Leo was Shane Strickland. I thought Shane was, uh, was excellent. It's the, the thing with Strickland is you kind of forget how good he is because he keeps coming over and you, you see him wrestle everywhere. Mm. You kind of forget. He's like, oh, Strickland's good. Uh, but then you see, yeah, him, he's he's, like, he's good in like the spot first matches, but also in the Lucha Forever show, uh, he which he main evented with Travis Banks. That was like a good sort of storyline performance from him, yeah, we, like a bit more. He's had that match bit more emotive. before uh, for Fight Club Pro, and that was a really yeah. good match as well. He's a lot better than like his positioning. Um, it, in the, these super cards normally suggest like he's brought mm. over and thrown into like an undercard match somewhere. So it was nice to see him in the main event. I don't think he gets the dues that he deserves. Mm. I think Progress are kind of feeling that about him because he, he seems to get big singles matches for them. But yeah, What are you thinking about Ryan Smile? <laughs> Ryan Smile, um, I thought did okay here, but occasionally he looked lost. And at least once he was in the ring when he wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> I think uh, he got shown up big time in Orlando. Um doing like too many spots and that was sort of a, a, an incident where there was too much going on and he did do too much and like it was very obvious to everyone in attendance that that is what happened um 
So maybe we're not seeing him as like a main eventer in Britress, and maybe that this is his ceiling just being like the fun spot first guy rather than like a guy who can truly main event. Yeah, I'm fine with him being in like a, like a six man tag as a main event. I'm just yeah. not convinced that he has the ability to to do big singles matches. I don't think he's at that level, uh, which is fine. Like, there's a lot of guys on this card that are just not as good as Ryan Smile that we're not having that conversation about them because they're just not that good. Whereas, like, Ryan Smile has a degree of potential. It's just not mm-hmm. that much that he's going to be, like, a big main event star. Above yeah, I'd agree with that. OTT. Uh, so, as, as I was saying, um, I thought this was a really good show. Um, one, one of the better... Uh, shows for consistency that I've seen from from Rev Pro top to bottom. Uh, a couple of matches really didn't do it for me, but the, the compensation uh, was that the highs were very high. Um, yeah, de- definitely matched strong highs of previous York Hall shows. Um, the run back to the train home, the last train home was fun. Um, <laughs> I met Ian Hamilton on the tube. We discussed the show. <laughs> he he was he was not overly thrilled with that uh, six man tag. Uh, it sort of made him question being a wrestling fan, <laughs> which isn't. Uh, and you sort of heard a lot of that this weekend of people who just thought the elite were. Um, well, the elite not the their elite. cup of tea. Yeah, I'd... the elite were. Yeah, the elite were exactly what we expected them to be. Um, and it was certainly really fun to see it live. Uh, but I can see it rubbing people the wrong way. Well, um, I, cause I've spoken to Ian about a couple of other things, which, uh, like, the OTT uh, show, when he was watching that, uh, my live feed, like, collapsed, and I didn't, well, I just gave up after the first two yeah. matches. Um, so he, he stuck with it and watched it, and he was, he was basically, we have, like, a group chat for the, for the rear view reviews writers, and yeah. he was telling the others what spots were going to happen before they happened, <laughs> <laughs> which, um... Yeah, that's the point at which you, you've just seen an act too many times, too close together. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so, talking about OTT, uh, you've seen that show. I haven't. I have indeed seen OTT Scrappermania. Uh, probably their biggest show ever um, in the National Stadium, I believe it's called. Um, and that was, of course, main evented by the Elite versus Uptown Funkers, which is almost the same team from the Red Pro uh, squad, subbing Strange, Shane Strickland out for Will Ospreay. Um, yeah, shenanigans occurred, they did cut a promo in the ring, um, like, while sharpshooting, uh, the OTT champion, (laughs) which, like, that was the spot that rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way, like, sort of, the guy that OTT is building around being used for a comedy segment in a YouTube series. Yeah, I spoke to, uh, Bo's Johnny about that, and he was not impressed. I think it was more the choice of person that they did it to, rather than the the spot. Yeah. But yeah, he, he wasn't <laughs> pleased. <laughs> Probably my favourite moment of the show was the Kings of the North entrance um, for the tag team title match, even though it was a six-man, um, against the lads from the flats, including the lad who has come back from supposedly prison <laughs> uh, for one night. Um, I believe he was working overseas. Well, that was a... Yeah, that was a star uh, performance from Kings of the North, at least for their entrance, and the match was really good too. Um, just like the the steel drum band behind the already dramatic music, that was really really fun. Um, and the crowd the crowd were definitely hyped for them. Like we talk about OTT not having maybe any homegrown stars, they could run with Kings of the North um, as like top heel guys in singles as well as in tags, and it would work because um, they definitely jumped off the page in both um, the the pre match promo where they sort of slagged off the lads from the flats for sort of being scroungers and, uh, like, saying, oh, we're working class too, but we actually work hard rather than just mo- mooch around. And that was, like, it was really engrossing to sort of get into their characters a little bit more. Um, so definitely a strong performance from them. Uh, you had sort of the work rate main event of Marty Skull versus Jay White, which was uh, a really good match. A better performance from Jay White um, versus his Rev Pro one. Uh, in the undercard, you had Jigsaw versus Scotty Davis again, another homegrown OTT guy. Um, and this was sort of a theme for theme for uh Jigsaw because we saw the next night on Lucha Forever him working like a young guy in Omari. And it sort of 
young guys working with the veteran Jigsaw, that's kind of what you want to use Jigsaw for, and Scotty Davis looked really good against him, so uh, he's a guy to look out for on OTT shows in the future. Well, we kind of ran atmosphere... on OTT for not using uh, enough yeah. like, homegrown talent like that. I think definitely. They've, they've definitely looked at that situation and, and made changes, which is good. Yeah, I, I thought this show did highlight the homegrown talent well. Like, uh, Justin Shape and Logan Bryce looked good as the heel tag team. It, they definitely showed that they have people and they're not just like a, a super indie who bring in all the good guys from elsewhere and don't really do anything with their own guys. People looked like stars on this show. Uh, like, this this was one of the more complete OTT cards, I would say, um, that they put on. The atmosphere was really good. The crowd were really, really into it. And there was definitely a, like, a sense of local pride at being like the biggest show in Irish wrestling history, or at least modern Irish wrestling history. Um, yeah, it, it was a good show. It was I watched it in like three sessions, so maybe not the easiest to watch. Um, like I didn't feel compelled to watch it all in one go. So, and that's all sort of the mark of like a great show is if you just speed through it. Um, this was a little bit more bitty, and yeah, the main event. If you've already seen one of the elite six mans, you've kind of seen them all. <laughs> so may, maybe that uh, that is a skip, but there was some good stuff in here. Uh, I, I we'll keep talking about OTT issues with Flow Slam, which it's basically it's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> I had to watch this in like the small window because whenever I clicked it to go full screen, it just stuttered and like played at like ten frames a second. Like, what are they doing over there? I don't know, but I tried to watch it live and it didn't work. Um, yeah, it got about. It was very pixelated to start with. Then it cleared up. It got into the the opening match, which was Grado and um, Charlie Sterling. Got about halfway through that and then gave up. Um, then they started airing test footage from before the show, <laughs> which I did see that. That was that was very embarrassing. Yeah, which included um, it's basically footage of them them preparing. Yeah, uh, matches, preparing for the put, matches, putting stuff together. It's like, you, you can't air that. I, I know it's a test room earlier, but like, why the why the fuck are you airing it? What's wrong with you? So, I, I had major issues with it live because I basically couldn't see anything past mm, half apart from them preparing. <laughs> and uh, when I tried to watch it after that on demand, there was no show to see. They, yeah, it took about five or six days for this to go up it, after the fact. I think it was longer than that. They basically put two matches up, um, the main event and uh, Skull versus Jay White. Those appeared, and the rest of the show didn't. And I was just thought, well, when, when's the show coming up? And I think it eventually got put up about two days before my subscription ran out, and I was busy and couldn't <laughs> see it. So wow, that was it. I haven't watched the show, even though I sat down to watch it live. I had every intention of watching it live, and I didn't see it at all. And I yeah, If I was a wrestling promotion, I would avoid Flow Slam right now <laughs> because people will not be able to see your show in the ideal scenario um it's you know ott needs... are flirting with them but flow, flow slam need to do something and they need to do it quickly otherwise people will just lose faith in them completely i mean um, the fact uh... that the video player can't even play videos in full screen at like a, an hd good good frames ratio is that's embarrassing <laughs> I don't know if that's just my issue or it's a it's a global issue, but like I've had issues with them. I shouldn't even be having to deal with that. Yeah, but the the fact that everyone seems to have issues with Flow Slam is is a problem. Um, mm. the, the I watched the Lucha Forever show on there. Yeah, um, uh, that was mostly fine. I, I I was sort of half watching that because it was like the day before uh something was in. I've got loads of fucking deadlines right now, but um. I think Lucha Forever came off pretty, Except pretty the, uh, undamaged by Flow Slam's issues. They had a, uh, an an audio issue um, where they were recording the audio and not the picture, and they still put the audio bit on the the VOD. And it's like, well, why <laughs> would you put that up? It's like there's no kind of quality control over at Flow Slam. They don't seem to know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, it's like a it's a six million dollar venture or whatever. It's so it's, you, you just it's can't have that. Twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he pays twenty dollars for all these fuck ups. It's just I do. It's amateur hour. 
I'll get a better quality yeah, Thank of you for reminding me to unsubscribe DT2. today. <laughs> Sorry? Thank you for reminding me to unsubscribe today. Uh, yeah, I, I, month was is up. <laughs> I was one month and out. I'll, I'll probably yeah. give them another go next year, Mania time. Next year, Mania, Mania is the only thing for it. Anyway, that's <laughs> enough burials of Flow Slam. Yeah. We got shows nice. to review. Yeah, um, so we we done with OTT. I am done with OTT. Okay, yeah. so from Scrapper Mania, we're going to move on to Barramania, which was uh, ICW's big show of the weekend. I say big show, but I don't think they did very well tickets wise. Um, I haven't heard exact numbers, but it wasn't full. It wasn't a sellout. Um, the show itself was a creative nightmare from start to finish. <laughs> uh, we we really enjoyed um, Square Go. I thought Square Go was a great show. Yeah, um, it looked like they were back on track, and then I yeah, hear this one was a disaster. So. It looked like a turnaround, but then this this show, just from top to I'm going to try and skim through it as quick as I can, but they start off with the Zero-G uh, Championship Open Scramble match, which was like seven guys, and the title could change hands during... No, it couldn't. Hang on, let me get this straight. There, there were pinfalls and submissions during the match, and the winner of that was the interim champion. I'm doing that in oh quote, quotation marks because that's not <laughs> Brian Kendrick, interim WWE champion. Um, and then whoever was the champion at the end was the, the champion. Yeah, so um, that was a mess. And they kept doing weird time announcements like there's nine and a half minutes left. <laughs> As if that was like a cue to the wrestlers. Oh, it's nine and a half minutes. Do this spot. Yeah. And then they get through all this and like everybody in the match has won the title apart, but not won the title, you know, won a, a, a pinfall apart from BT mm. Gun. And then they get to the end of it and BT Gun's got the, like the whatever he uses, the crossface on. And it's on for the entire of the last minute on Kenny Williams, who's the champion coming in and the interim champion at that yeah, point. Yeah. And then he taps out just after the time runs out. So that's that's a minute for that. <laughs> that and, sounds and like minute. a missed time. <laughs> what the hell is everybody else doing? Oh dear. Literally nobody else appears on camera. There's like five other guys in the match. <laughs> what are they doing? Because well, the, the match is over for them. <laughs> but no, because they're There's still only in one the match. spot left, but we've got a minute to fill it. There's a minute. <laughs> Of, of nothing, oh, whether and the camera's kind of panning around at one point and it catches them like a couple of them on the floor just talking and they're talking about spots that they've got to do. And you can see this on camera anyway. That so that match was terrible. Um, after mm-hmm. that was War Machine versus Polo Promotions. This was, I'd say, probably the best match of the night. Um, that was good. Um, then there's the last man standing match, which was Chris Renfrew versus Stevie Boy, and it's like, why, why even book a last man standing match in a company that has no disqualifications? What's the point? And also, why book a match that relies on on counts at a period in wrestling history where the entire crowd yell ten at every single count? Oh dear! So, so like a, a dramatic just... nine count was received by comedy. Ten. Ten. That, that kind of. <laughs> That kind of got shouted down at the Rev Pro show. I did enjoy that, but that's sort of dying away now. Like, some people tried it, and it got booed. A bit like a moose chant. So, uh, awful, pe- awful, people are starting awful. to tire of it, which it is good. it just the counts. It's yeah. Ru- you're taking a tool away from the wrestlers. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the match kind of goes on for a while. Uh, loads of brawling around in the crowd. And then the lights go out. And Mikey Whiplash returns, and it's like, oh wow, Mikey Whiplash is back. To do what exactly? Um, he drags Renfrew under the ring. Stevie Boy runs away, and that's the finish. And the crowd wow. at this point were <laughs> chanting, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> on that's match how they four chose of to, ten, <laughs> to bring Mikey Whiplash back, a guy who had legitimate beef with ICW for booking and. Yeah, I can see why. Um, then they uh, had an intergender tag match, which was uh, DCT and Viper versus Davy Blaze and Kaylee Ray. This was an absolute shower of shit. Mm. I just, 
I cannot conceive how they keep like dropping the ball with Kaylee Ray over and over again. But they had um, what's his name, Paul Craig, a UFC fighter who I've never heard of because I don't watch UFC. But he was the special enforcer. But then another shoot fighter came in and low blowed him, even though. The heel manager, uh, Wee Man, interfered throughout the entire match and didn't do, like, like Paul Craig didn't stop him. Oh, it was just a mess. It was an absolute mess. I can't even remember what the finish was. I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was awful. Uh, then there was a barbed wire match. Uh, it's, it was down as a barbed wire rope match, but they just kind of draped barbed wire on the ropes. And that, oh, if you're not going to do it properly, no, then what's even the point? No, it was just draped on the ropes on two sides. Wow. Um, <laughs> so you got Jack Jester, who who took a like one really horrible looking bump into barbed wire and like cut his arm open, something something nasty. And Drew Galloway, who didn't even touch the barbed wire during <laughs> the entire match. And even even the ICW fans were complaining, saying like, "Why have a barbed wire match if you're not going to do anything on?" With the barbed wire, and the finish, um, <laughs> Drew Galloway hit four future shocks, and then hit him in the in the head with a barbed wire baseball bat. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, so awful. Uh, <laughs> then Shah Samuels versus Kid Fight was a street fight. Which why again? Why book a street fight in a promotion that has no disqualifications? Oh, it's it's the the, the name. Um, people, people. So they kind of they started this backstage, uh, fought out into the ring, um, and they brawled for a bit, and Shah got the pin, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was awful. Um, after that was Lionheart versus Joe Hendry. This was a... oh, just a ton of matches as well. Yeah, like... but you get this is the worst match on the show. Keeping in mind, like everything before this has been shit, apart from <laughs> one, one match. Yeah, and what happened here? in a company with no disqualifications is that uh, Joe Hendry was kind of down on the mat and Lionheart kicked him in the head and the referee disqualified him. Oh, no. Yeah. This... <laughs> the EMT's rushing in. The commentary are going, oh, Lionheart's going to get suspended. And I'm like, why? So that's what, like, the third non-finish on the show? Yeah. Um, then you had Wolfgang against Grado. Uh, this was actually a decent little sprint because Wolfgang in 2017 has turned into a super worker. Um, <laughs> but then they had Grado turn heel. Ooh, you... <laughs> and guess guess who his new entertainment agent is? Red Lightning. Red Lightning. Yeah, Which means doing... the guy he was feuding with for two years. Two years, and, and they stopped feuding about six months ago, and already we're back. <laughs> Five months ago, <laughs> you can't leave well enough alone, can you? Um. Okay, then they had the Marauders, uh, which is Burr and Board. Uh, uh, hang on, Bird and Boar. That's better against Rampage Brown, Ashton Smith. This was the second best match on the show, um, except for the finish where Easton Reese, who had been ejected for interfering by the referee, just strolled back down and walked into the ring and interfered in front of the referee. <laughs> um, and the main event was uh, Trent Seven and Joe Coffey. Um, actually, to, to be fair, this was really good, but it was ruined by the booking because they had Joe Coffey grab the belt and then just use it in front of the ref, and then he turned heel and Red Lightning came out, <laughs> and it was like, oh great, it's that angle again. Yeah, it's they're gonna do this again for the next two years, and I feel like ICW's booking, they book for. Um, like the reactions to specific moments without thinking about it logically in the course of the match or the show. Like they want people to, you know, pop for someone getting thrown out or pop for uh, a disqualification or whatever without thinking of the implications of that, like where it fits into the show. Like it's all just, you know, what will work right now <laughs> at this exact moment rather than what will work for us, for the show, for the next show, for six months down the line. It's just, we we liked Square Go because they didn't overbook it and yeah. they booked it logically. Like they booked to the next show. They they 
every match felt meaningful in the moment. This was just a mess. Like, you got ten matches on the card, three non-finishes, and just... Yeah. <laughs> but back to old ICW booking where everything's is... just the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah, this is classic ICW booking. Yeah, um, and, and it... we thought they'd gotten away from that. It's the kind of show where you're like, oh, God, they've learned nothing. And I, I had some rather interesting emails from people after the show when I'd reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't name the people involved, but it suffice to say that they're involved with the company and thought I was right. So I think the problem Mark Dallas now has is he's, he's booked badly, he's repeated his mistakes, and... It's not good for locker room morale at all. Yeah, like it looked like they were going to do something a bit different this year. You know, they wrapped up the Red Lightning story at Fear and Loathing last year. That was all out of the way. They had a clean slate, and now they're right back to it again. Mm. It's like when WWE, you know, they bring back Triple H and he's got a new henchman, and they're just going to do exactly the same story over and over again. And it's just. (sighs) It works for the crowd, though. This is. Apparently, what they want, but we'll see Except what it, the attendance numbers are like. But the, I don't think they're drawing as many people now, and that that show was kind of evidence of that. But it's it's had a yeah, negative. It's like the, the bubble has burst a little bit. Like you know, Insane Flight Club is over on BBC. Um, Grado Star Power is slightly less than it was. It's a lot less I, now because I've turned him ill. <laughs> this year's Hydro is not gonna look pretty. Like it. Last last year they managed to fill it respectif- respectfully, um, respectably even. Um, we'll see it this year again. It's it's all kind of hinging on that big show and what number they can draw. It's quite interesting because we don't really get to talk numbers much in Britress because it's all just kind of like sell out, sell out, sell out, sell out. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and ICW are kind of the most ambitious here, trying to fill this ten thousand seat stadium. Um, well, and they did it pretty well last year. I don't know if they'll reach the same number again this year, you know, if they're going to go back to booking the crowd apparently is kind of sick of. Yeah, I, I still can't find a, a number on the crowd for um, for Barrowmania, but it wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. Mm. I can guarantee and that. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of regressive, you know, going back to old stories. Like, you had a chance here to reset the slate, and you've just kind of fallen back on old crutches and that's not what anyone it really wants to see I guess crushingly disappointing to watch that show yeah it's a shame um shall we move on to progress because let's that that was enough (laughs) (laughs) enough Um, ICW for the next six months (laughs) uh they they have a big show at some point in the in between I'm sure uh progress um had a show on the 23rd of April, uh, called Complicated Simplicity at the Electric Ballroom. I was there for it. Um, several of their, their talents uh, have departed for various mm-hmm. reasons um, during this show. There's there's some pretty big losses in there. Definitely. It, it feels this was probably the most significant week um, in terms of losing talents that we've had. Like, we know we're in a period of change and sort of upheaval in Britress as, you know, contracts get worked around and, you know, the fate of Britress is sort of <laughs> in the hands of people who aren't directly involved in it, and it's a bit scary. And you sort of saw it here, but, like, um, just how much of a transition we're in with the power trip um, leaving... Well, the power couple, even TK Cooper and Dahlia Black, are leaving uh, back to New Zealand uh, because of their visas running out for the UK. Uh, Paul Robinson retiring, um, putting over Jack Sexsmith on the way out, and Axel Dieter Jr. His final match for Progress. Uh, to as we record this today, he's having his final WXW appearance, and then he's off to Florida. Yeah, and that's come out of nowhere because he was champion for for WXW last month. Yeah, yeah. And I assume they knew when they switched the belt. But I, I'm not entirely sure. There was no hint when we were there, was there? There was no sort of wink-wink, nudge-nudge. <laughs> no, because you, you normally get a little bit of that, and I, I'm wondering if he knew at that point, because it didn't seem like he did. 
Either that or he's got a really good poker face. <laughs> so yeah, his his departure was quite sudden, but nowhere near as sudden as, as Paul Robinson, who there has there was a rumour that he was injured, but it wasn't like terminal in terms of his career. Um he's suffering from blood clots, as I understand it. And it's like a congenital thing, like he, he, uh, hereditary, like he's got mm. it from his dad, and like he's not going to be able to wrestle at this level, so he's he's just going to call it a day. So that was kind of out of the blue, and then you've got the uh, the power couple, uh, TK and Dahlia, who had a, a very memorable uh, final night in progress, um, with the crowd singing their name, uh, names, should I say, um. Their, their visa expiring. I'm not even sure how how the rules work with this because they have to go back to New Zealand, but I don't know how long for. And are they even going to attempt to come back? Is the question? Um, I think so. You know, WWUK and all that stuff. Um, who knows? <laughs> I uh, yeah, they they may well attempt to come back. Um, you know, Will Osprey started this whole petition thing <laughs> yeah. to get him back. Bless to have the, the House House of Commons <laughs> discuss two people's visas. Uh, that's not going to happen. It, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. N- nice idea. Um, yeah, nice try. The uh, trouble with this as well, of course, is that Travis Banks is under the same visa arrangement yeah they he'll have. be December I think so yeah he's got like six months maybe seven and then he will have to go back to New Zealand as well mm. um, which has got to throw a spanner into the the works of various promotions who are probably looking at him and thinking he could be our guy but yeah do we want we, to do that it's it's almost super strong style time and he's sort of one of two names that have been uh touched on as winning the whole thing the other one being Jack Sexsmith for the the out of nowhere win I think Travis is more likely of, of those two yeah I think Sexsmith is going to get a very strong reaction from from the crowd as as he usually does but I think it'll be amplified by the tournament um, well, me and Rob just said that if he wins the whole thing, there may be a backlash because it's yeah. kind of their work rate shows, and he is not like he's markedly improved in the last year, but he's not there yet. Like in terms of being a top tier guy, and you sort of want the top tier guy winning that. I that think they're tournament. aware of this. I think he's going to have a good run, but probably not make the final. But I can see Travis in the final. It's just who he's against. There's there's also been no hype for strong style. Like we're we're a month out, and <laughs> the only hype niche. has come from other people, and they've got really angry with those people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've gone wound up because certain people have been uh, have basically said they're going to be in the tournament, and then um, progress have, have said no. Uh, I've heard Keith Lee was an option, uh, but apparently he's he's priced himself out of it so until they actually announce the people that are in it everything is to be taken with a pinch of salt i guess but obviously you've got um david Starr and jeff cobb who have been kind of named <laughs> kind of named themselves mm. well I, I just think it's surprising that they actively don't want to market it right now and the only names they've released are you know projo guys um I I know they've sold out on the nights, so they can they don't really need to build hype. But it's just like, you know, we want to talk about it, we want to discuss it, and it's kind of nothing's there for us to discuss right now. Isn't there a Manchester show? So it's, it's show? a little bit odd. Um, There's a Manchester show, isn't there? There we go. So there there is one more show. Bang bang the drama. So they'll they'll do that first, and then we'll get all the like everything will come out like straight after that. So. But then then it's only like uh two week like a week until the show, and it's just. You know, I, I would like to see a bit more build up to it, I guess, because it, it doesn't really feel like a significant event right now. Oh, I guess we'll be talking about it like solidly the week before the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter which um, which group of people I involve uh, like talking with about wrestling. It always seems to come around to progress, though. So they're doing something right because everyone is talking about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, these shows have had great lineups. It's all the um, it's the political stuff surrounding it that have kind of um, 
soured them a little bit uh, so far this year. Most of the shows this year have been excellent. I thought this yeah. one, uh, Complicated Simplicity, uh, a couple of the matches fell kind of flat. Um, the Laura DiMatteo-Alex Windsor match was, was very flat. And yeah, that was James, never going to... James like... <laughs> Drake and Eddie Dennis was, was flat. And then James Drake moaned about it on Twitter afterwards. See, I thought when I first saw him say, oh, I don't care about anyone's reactions, it was like a gimmick, and he was like doing, this was the sort of the character they were going to build, and then he starts retweeting praise, and it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you know, you're just, you're just, uh, <laughs> you're just worried about how people see you. But as a contrast to that, there were some high, high points, I thought. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Morgan Webster... Uh, a Mike Bird put on a really good match. It was a good start for for Mike Bird in in progress. I thought he had a, a good debut. Um, Power Trip obviously on their way out against the London Riots. Very good match. Uh, Haskins and Andrews was good, although no nowhere near as good as their OTT match from earlier in the year. And the main event was really strong. No world of sport guys on this show. Um, just noting that. So is that a thing that is now happening? Are we not going to see those guys again? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's just the thing. I I can't look at progress right now without thinking they're sort of caught, they're the most caught up in the whole political storm right now, and I I I just can't help looking at the cards without thinking about it. And it, it's you know you don't really want to you kind of want to get caught up in it all. You don't really want to think about outside effects but right now it's kind of synonymous it's not like there's any uh, shortage of talent out there i'm sure they'll find enough people to put a, mm-hmm. a card together and it's the atmosphere in the building usually that, that makes the show so definitely I, I don't see it being a problem uh anything else we need to talk about we're we going to talk about uh, Fight, Club, Fight Pro. Club Pro yeah this was bizarre. We we both went to uh, the uh, Dream Tag Team Invitational Night One, the uh, mm-hmm. Elite Friday. Um, the crowd for this was like thousand two hundred. Uh, yeah, it was about similar numbers to York Hall, I would say. Yeah, which for for us used to like two hundred maximum in in the Fiction Warehouse. That's quite the step up. This was an elite crowd through and through. <laughs> yeah, I think that the trouble they had was they're not used to dealing with that many people. Oh yeah, that <laughs> was painfully obvious because they left themselves an hour to get everyone in, and I don't think the queue even started moving until show- like when they said the show was to start. So <laughs> yeah, I, that was a misjudgment. I quite turned severe. up like after doors and it hadn't moved yeah i that was the same for me i turned up like half an hour into the doors and yeah <laughs> it was met with a queue almost cut, snaking back on itself like it was more it was more towards the front than like the halfway point if that makes any sense <laughs> like the end of it was further towards the front than halfway around the block um which was impressive, but it was also like pouring with rain, so I don't know why anyone would like queue up there. I stayed like by the the white um, fire fire exit doors, which would take you into the fiction, and I waited there for like an hour for the queue to start moving. This was a queuing disaster of a weekend because Epic Encounter had it too, um, so not not great on that front. Well, the show was supposed to start at say uh, uh, what was it seven. Yeah, like and it started at eight. Was it eight? <laughs> Just after eight. <laughs> and it was it was about half eight or something, and like not everyone was in, which mm. that's not good. I I don't know what put it on uh, poor planning, but like I I think something must have gone wrong with the meet and greet. Like, that must have overrun, and then they had to clear people out, and then it was just... Yeah, it just Well, I mean, the elite lines were round, like, that was round the whole York call, apparently, like, to get to to talk to the elite. Uh, (laughs) The the inexplicable popularity of meet and greets continues to rise. (laughs) I don't get it, I don't get that at all. um, Yeah, so the, the great thing about this show, though, is you had people coming from all over the country to 
go to Wolverhampton to like a, a little local Indian. <laughs> so, I mean, I saw Alan from the Alan and Sarah from, over from Ireland. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ian's down from Scotland. He drove down. He drove us home. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> the biggest hero of the evening. Saw a load of people from the the London, uh, like the, the normal progress uh, fans, as it yeah. were. Loads of them were there. Um, so it's you're getting people from it's all. It's probably over the, the biggest country, tourism event Wolverhampton's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit bizarre seeing like everyone there. It was um, it was a good time, and it, I think it was a really strong show. Oh yeah, um, Travis Banks, Will Osprey, the the Caesar W Triple Threat, um, and I thought this was also the best elite match because British Strong Style as a team like matched up to them with that kind of like sheer like class of trio uh well, they, personality they, they exuded well that, the thing is like you look at the other lineups that the the other companies put on and while they're all good wrestlers they didn't have like a, a spec like a, a home promotion that they were yeah. in yeah and mean, this was the three guys of fight club yeah, pro this, basically this was fight club pro putting out their three best guys whereas rev pro put out like you know, Rush, Shane Strickland, and, and Ryan Smile, and it's like... Yeah, they're pushing Strickland and Smile as a team, but yeah, it's still yeah, felt thrown together. Like, if I was to say name three Rev Pro guys, I... Well, if I was to say name 20, you might not get to, the, to any of those three, <laughs> so... I think that they did, um, they did that better than anyone else um, with this show. Definitely. Uh, the, the talent levels are, up and down the card were were incredible. Uh, it was great to see some of the guys like Amari getting a chance mm-hmm. in front of a big crowd. Um, I just really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the, like the, the whole night. Um, oh yeah, it was it was probably it was my fa- favorite show over at Prick Encounter. Um, it was great to see like loads and loads of people there from like just different areas. Like like you say, uh, the Irish contingent, the Scottish contingent. The London contingent, <laughs> the Midlands contingent, like it was just a, a big clash of everyone. It was an event. Um, yeah, it it felt significant and it's uh, it <laughs> it felt special. Um, and definitely an impressive thing from Fight Club Pro to put on, even if they kind of mismanaged the door openings. In the end, it didn't matter because we got a lift home from Ian the hero. Yeah, good man. Um, it says a lot about the strength of this card that I used the leaders match as a piss break. <laughs> yeah, that was poorly placed because it was like right after the Banks Osprey match, which was like very dramatic, and we had a shouting match with people opposite who didn't know who Travis Banks was. Because, <laughs> like I say, this was an elite crowd. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely rooting for Travis there, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, no offense to the Hunters or uh, the leaders, although as soon as they came out and they were just covered in gold, I, I yelled belt marks at them and went to the bar. So. <laughs> maybe there was some animosity I don't know I've been drinking but um, yeah th- it was a very strong show there was a lot of very good talent on it uh, like Pentagon was there uh, uh, Phoenix uh, as you say Osprey Travis Banks Strickland Leo Rush Simon Callahan, uh, FSU uh, Angelico and Jack Evans and even the, the throwaway opener was like Haskins Brooks Maloney Havoc Nixon Yule and Amari <laughs> I mean, that is a hell of a card. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Knights 2 and 3 as well, uh, with a bit more CCK in it. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I know very little about the results as well, so I'm, I'm kind of going in blind, which is good. Uh, I'll just uh, cough a slight spoiler. It's excellent to see Chris Brooks and his brand become like the next breakout thing. Um, in Britress and sort of that second wave of Midlands guys now that we've had British Strong Style like we, we were always talking those guys up now they've made it so now there's sort of like um, an extra push forward from Brooks and Lycos and Banks yeah and then you've got Dan Maloney and Amari and yeah, yeah so there's an even, a third wave coming through as well in yeah. a couple of years time yeah we got loads <laughs> of guys up here I don't know what's going on <laughs> then having Travis Banks as the trainer in, in um for Fight Club Pro, I think that's inspired. If you've got someone that good hanging around, then put it to good use. Yeah, yeah Johnny uh, T to, might be the, the fourth wave. Uh, not to criticise uh, progress in any way, but I feel that Daryl Allen, while he is fine uh, as a trainer, um, is perhaps not the best guy they could get for their um, for the project. 
yeah, we've definitely noted Projo focuses a lot more on character work and maybe needs a bit more like in-ring stuff going on. Like Sexsmith has gotten there in the end and has like built like a very unique character and a very unique like match structure around or he got rid of a condom like I said <laughs> that's what he needed and that's the story they're doing really well um but all the other guys aren't really like Eva peaked last year and sort of we saw what his limit was right now Sebastian bombed although you know I've he got the desired reactions but like I don't think he's gonna be in like he sort he sort at, of peaked now as well though Eva and Ginny, you put them down as um, like Jimmy Havoc trained guys, I, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I guess. So a lot of the earlier guys were kind of trained by Havoc and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what they what is coming through now possibly isn't as strong. Although, um, yeah, FC, FCP is a talent factory right now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, uh, I think that's everything we wanted to talk about. I wanted to keep it like tight and short. <laughs> I think we've kept it relatively short. <laughs> cool. Um, do you have anything to plug before we head out? Um, at another all on... At, ooh, <laughs> I'll start <laughs> over. Stumbling so quick to get them all out. At another early on Twitter. Um, the F4W Euro Notes in the newsletter. And British Audio Wrestling on Live Audio Wrestling. The, uh, that other podcast. Ew. <laughs> other <laughs> podcasts. Uh, I'm on... Uh, the Twitter at Arnold Furious. Um, I'm also kind of on there for the other website, which is at Rearview Reviews. Uh, we do a podcast there. It's weekly, which is frankly ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what's happening. Um, so you can go over to rearviewreviews.com to read uh, and listen to me over there. And obviously still more stuff for, for Voices of Wrestling because uh, we, we are UK. Uh, me, you and Rob and Lee and that'll do for this podcast so uh, good evening Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.